Hello, I'm Sarah Simmy and this is Pull Out. Uh, this week we have OK and High magazine. Um, it's This one is September the 4th, 1976 and it's 10p. Some of the... Um, uh, <laughs> some of the strap lines, temper, temper, we tell you how to cope. Can you make it to the top? I'm not sure the top of what, but, and Freddie Mercury, he's looking great in gorgeous colour. <laughs> I'm sure he is. It's so sweet. Because half of the magazines were in black and white, I love the fact that they actually pick out when, when someone's in colour. And also the implication that they're only gorgeous in colour, <laughs> not in black and white. Um, our inside cover ad this week is Just In, which is the um, Debenhams ad for jumpers, which has just got the fabulous 70s writing. Um, I noticed the jumpers are like $8.99, um, which is just, being as you can buy a top for that in Primark, um, it's sort of a real sign of the times of how expensive it was then. And I guess... Um, how much throwaway fashion we've got now, being as the jumper was eight ninety nine. Anyway, fab fab seventies uh, typeface. So straight into hotline, <laughs> which is the gossip, <laughs> the gossip page. Um, although I would say it's very loosely, <laughs> not really gossip, and I would say quite a lot of it is made up. But anyway, uh, the first one is hot licks. And don't worry, it's not as exciting as that first sounds. You know how tasty it is to lick the bowl after making a cake. Well, recently a girl in France got a nasty shock when she decided to polish off the remnants of some whipped cream. <laughs> you see, why she... <laughs> While she was licking the blades of her electric mixer, she accidentally turned the thing on. <laughs> she was last seen being rushed to hospital <laughs> with her tongue still caught in the mixer. Ouch, I bet she won't be doing that again. I think that would be a lot more of a serious accident, actually. And also, who's the girl? I mean, it is just made up. Anyway, there's also, which made me laugh, this is an okay start to the day. As I say, it's not really gossip. It's things that someone in the office made up. Did you know that by skipping breakfast, you can end up feeling cranky, inattentive, nervous and prone to headaches during the morning? Well, none of us here want to feel like that, but nor do we fancy bacon and eggs while we're still half asleep. So we've been taking some lessons from the Good Breakfast book, which has lots of tempting alternatives like a quick blitz, I've no idea what that is, skillet corn cakes and jelly rolled biscuits. What a way to start the day. What the hell are jelly rolled biscuits? And how is that good for you? Anyway, way before fasting became a thing. Uh, just on the next page, there's, as I mentioned on the cover, there's a, um, a a thing about temper temper, we tell you how to cope. And I just turned to it and it really made me laugh. It was just the little, little headline that they've put in it, uh, which is, <laughs> it's basically telling you how to not lose your temper. And that if you do lose your temper, um, it makes, uh, means that you're very immature. But one, <laughs> one of the little fits they've pulled out is, he wouldn't take any notice of me, and I got madder and madder until I bashed him over the head with a with a bag of sweet and sour pork balls. <laughs> Doesn't say what happened to the sweet and sour 
pork balls. But anyway. um, and also this really made me laugh. Um, it's basically saying, you know, sort of often it's a combination of, or, or a number of trivial, trivial incidents that makes you mad. Maybe you forgot to set the alarm and overslept for a few minutes. You unsuccessfully rummage through your drawers for a clean T-shirt, miss your bus and arrive late at work. You've got a long, complicated letter to type. And when it's finished, you realise you didn't put the carbon in. Mm, now, that's a that's certainly of its time, having to remember to put carbon in when you're typing something. Also, the um, <laughs> basically that the only thing you're going to do is be a secretary and type things. Anyway, so I picked that out. This, I don't often read from the stories, but um, this one really made me laugh because they have sort of um, stories in and This one is about... <laughs> this one, basically, I've read ahead. And don't worry, I'm not going to read out the whole thing because it's quite dull. But the whole premise of the story <laughs> is that this girl buys herself this red jumper. <laughs> that's it. She buys herself a jumper with, that's got fruit on it. That's it. That really is it. You don't believe me. Uh, one of the bits they've picked out is Emma was pleased with her reflection. The jersey made her think of summer and made her feel young. <laughs> I'm assuming she wasn't old in the first place. Um, yeah, the stories are great. It starts, Emma stared out of the office window and wondered if many girls had died of boredom at the ripe old age of 17. <laughs> I'm glad that the jumper made her feel young. What, 10? She had an awful feeling that there <laughs> may have been quite a few. Certainly, this last year with David had been killing her a little more each day. He had become so incredibly boring. <laughs> All they ever talked about these days was money, mortgages, overdrafts and marriages. Oh, marriages in the plural to other people. Though. And at 17, is that what you're talking about? Anyway, and, and even worse, in that order, it got so bad that the high spot of, his, of this week was going to the bank to pay most of their wages into the joint account, which he had insisted they open the day, the, the day they got engaged. Very sensible, said Dad. Not very romantic, thought Emma. <laughs> so you see, the moment she bought the jersey, she knew <laughs> that there was going to be trouble. My God. This entire story is about buying a jumper. It was a marvellous bright jersey, <laughs> though, she thought, continuing the argument she had been having with her conscience ever since she had seen it the first day in the shop window. It was right at the centre of the window display, daring her to buy it. So bright, so cheery, it was bright red with shapes all over the place. <laughs> She didn't even know if she'd have the nerve to wear it, but it made her feel young again. All right with the young again. So she had to have it. It was her money after all. And she hadn't brought anything except sheets and saucepans for weeks. So 10 minutes after she collected her wages, she was the proud owner of a bright red jersey. <laughs> oh, God. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, we could go on. <laughs> but essentially, the whole of the story, and then it's the ramifications and and regrets afterwards at buying the red jumper. 
that's it, really. Yeah, boyfriend gets a bit annoyed. She keeps the jumper. That's the end of it. Uh, this made me laugh in the days of uh, oat milk and nut milk. Um, this is an entire promotion telling you to drink milk. <laughs> and also, I figured it was probably sponsored by some kind of milk marketing board, but it's not. <laughs> it's called Pick Up a Pinter and stay beautifully on top. It'll keep your skin in tip-top condition and keep your energy <laughs> running. Oh, sorry, your energy engine running. Drink a pint a day, follow our milky tips. God, you don't want to say that now, right? And stay fit and healthy the okay way. It's just, it's just like, yeah, it's just drink lots of milk. You need the calcium, the protein, vitamin A. Uh, there's a couple of um, uh, recipes of what to do with milk. One of them made me feel quite sick. One is eggnog, which is one egg, a pint of milk, <laughs> juice of two oranges and sugar to taste anyone feeling sick method whisk together the egg milk and orange juice add sugar to taste and pour into glasses <laughs> it takes five minutes to make and tastes great not sure it does uh, there's also fresh orange junket which is a pint of pasteurized milk caster sugar the grated rind and orange slices a teaspoon of rennet and an ounce of grated chocolate. Ooh. Apparently you serve it with slices of fresh orange. It makes a super Saturday treat for you and your friends. Also, <laughs> at the end of the recipes, they've decided <laughs> you could use milk <laughs> as a beauty treatment as well. Um Oh dear, oh lord. So for dry skin, you have to mix honey and milk, obviously, with ground almonds and apply to the skin. If you've got oily skin, you mix milk with baker's yeast. Do the same thing. And as a face lotion, mix, mix half a pint of milk with the juice of one lemon and pop it on your face <laughs> overnight. So that's nice. All of the things you didn't know you could do with that pint of milk in your fridge. <laughs> uh, we're on to Rick's rock report. <laughs> Rick, here's Rick. He's got lovely curly hair. Uh, Rick does. <laughs> Rick does reports on sort of well, rock really, um, vaguely singers, uh, and. <laughs> Again, this is just lovely. This one is on the buses. <laughs> next time you're travelling on the bus or tube, take a good look at the person next to you. It might be Billy Ocean, <laughs> the fellow who's made such a splash in our hit parade. Pop's a risky business, and sometimes you only last a year or two, Billy told me. So this time I'm not going to waste my money on taxis like I did after my first hit. He had a hit and then just ordered taxes. He was on Uber like a flash. Anyway, I quite enjoy travelling by tube and bus and I hardly ever get recognised because people think all pop stars have flash cars. If someone looks like they might have recognised me though, I just look away nonchalantly or move down the platform a bit in case I get mobbed. <laughs> I really, really don't think that Billy Ocean travelled on a bus. In the 1970s, but I could be wrong. Um, 
also in here is oh what a night but it's water um, imagine dancing in a swimming pool well that's what the guest guests were doing at the party given by paul mccartney to mark the end of his recent tour in the states paul held the party at a huge old hollywood mansion jimmy mcgoff of wings told me there were so many stars there that to make room for them all to dance we had to drain the swimming pool dry everybody was dancing deep inside the pool even the big orchestra <laughs> that played old beatles tunes was in there luckily though nobody got so smashed on booze <laughs> then they dived in from the top board that would have been very messy um smashed on booze a lovely lovely description <laughs> and also again that's not true is it? you don't invite people around and then train the swimming pool what the heck <laughs> uh, i just wanted to quickly pull out the um the, the indeed the double page spread in the middle which is the wonder of woolies and it's just lovely the fashion is just fab that it's all kind of um berets and jumpers with um sort of fair isle designs and oh it's just lovely it's just really really 70s anyway just let i pull that out um on to a quiz <laughs> which is called will you make it to the top Unfortunately, this one isn't filled in, which I do like when someone's filled it in because then we can check what they thought. But unfortunately, this one isn't filled in. Anyway, so will you make it to the top? This is the top of 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 of, uh, of business of work. By the way, are you climbing those steps steps to success or still looking for a ladder? Uh, there's a couple of questions that made me laugh oh so much. Number two, at an interview, you realise your boss is to be a woman. <laughs> feel a if she can do it so can you good prospects right answer b unhappy women can be bitchy to work with <laughs> c put off flirting won't help on late mornings d it doesn't make any difference to you at all it's a tad of a worry that the only way you think you're going to get ahead is by flirting with your male boss anyway that's nice number six what do you believe is the best time of the day to work early morning preferably before the others arrive b mid-morning as soon as everyone is settled c no preference as long as you get a good lunch break and d when the boss has had somewhat of a heavy lunch heavy is in inverted commas i assume that means that your boss has got pissed at lunchtime <laughs> So I assume, therefore, you don't have to do any work. Um, I assume that's what that means. At number 10, marriage and kids. We're still told that it's something that lies ahead for all. <laughs> do you feel, A, you may fit it in, but it's not a priority. B, it's what you've been building up to anyway. C, it'll be easier and nicer than a job. Hasten the day. <laughs> if you're as good as you think you'll com you'll combine it with your work wow that's <laughs> what i thought you might actually have children and work it's probably the first time anyone thought of that uh, 
Um, on to the first problem page. There's different problem pages in different magazines. Sometimes they're together. Sometimes it's like health problems and sometimes it's just a general mishmash. Um, but this one is we understand. Not everyone understands you, what makes you happy, what makes you sad, but we do. And that's what this page is for. Um, the first one <laughs> just made me laugh so much. Let's start. This is from Marie in Peterborough. Recently, I've fallen for a pop star. I'm not going to tell you his name. <laughs> I don't see why not. It's going to make any difference, is it? I'm not going to tell you his name, but it's making me so miserable. You see, I know he's unattainable and I know he's surrounded by hundreds of girls, all of them crazy about him. And he can have his pick of any of them. But all this doesn't help. What I feel is the real thing, and there's no point in telling me that it's just that it's just a crush because it's not. Maria is very definite about this, but she's still not going to tell not going to tell you what his name is. So the answer is pop stars, actors, TV stars, football stars, you name it. They've got one thing in common, and that is that they present a good-looking, vibrant, talented personality to the public, which you can really fall for simply because you see the good parts of them. Don't think we don't understand, because we do. <laughs> what have they got a crush on him about? For a start, stars are actually involved in doing an interesting job. They have charisma and glamour. And any, and any boy who has an ordinary job with no glamour attached, no matter how good-looking, <laughs> he's going to look a bit pale compared to someone who you see on TV, in the papers or on stage. <laughs> oh, dear. The unfortunate truth is that very few of us will ever get to meet a star, let alone get to know one. And so we have to make do, <laughs> we have to make do with ordinary, mundane, everyday boys. <laughs> oh, God, don't you want an ordinary and mundane? boy if you look around you you'll find some boys who are not stars but they are very nice boys <laughs> and a lot more accessible than the stars we don't for a minute doubt that your feelings for the star that you have on this crush are genuine and we're sorry to have to say it but it is a crush when you love someone who doesn't know you exist genuine feelings of this sort are and hurt though it may have to say this something that you may have to come to terms with and learn to cope with as part of the maturing process. This process can go on for quite a long time. It isn't something you experience at 14 and are over by 16. People who are quite a lot older experience the frustrating experience um, of really falling for someone who either doesn't know they exist or who doesn't return their feelings. Oh, none of this, of course, is going to help you stop feeling the way you do. Only time can help you do that. And meeting a really super guy, or perhaps one of those really ordinary mundane ones. <laughs> but it might help you if you can understand that even though your feelings are real to you, the only sort of <laughs> the, <laughs> oh dear, the only true sort of being in love is when someone loves you back. Oh dear Marie. I'm desperate to know who the crush is now because she's made such a point of telling us that she's not gonna tell us. Anyway. And the next one is, what can I do? <laughs> I don't actually really understand this problem. So here we go. I'm very worried about my teeth. When I open my mouth to talk to anyone, I know they can't see them. 
Or are they invisible? I don't know. Why can't anyone see them? One day, a boy even asked if I had teeth. <laughs> I don't understand. Where are her teeth? Anyway, this is the answer. To be honest, we think that having the small teeth is a lot better than having over-large, crooked, or almost any other sort of teeth problems. But is she saying that they're small teeth? I don't know who she is. She's saying people can't see them. <laughs> Still, any problem with your appearance that really upsets you is worth being checked out, and we suggest that you see your dentist. If he agrees with you and suggests that you have your teeth capped or something, it might be worth bearing the possibility in mind, even though it may cost quite a lot of money. Way before turkey teeth. The next thing to do would be to learn to live with your teeth. But if you can't, expert dental advice and treatment may be worth saving up for. But I don't think that's a problem. I think a problem is that people can't see them. <laughs> I don't know if that necessarily means that they're small, does it? Anyway, um, the next one is he knows so many girls. <laughs> I like a man called Jeff. <laughs> She's not afraid to say who it is, is she? I like a man called Jeff very much indeed, and we're quite friendly. But the trouble is, he talks to so many other girls too. Also, he is a few years older than me. Perhaps I ought to stop going where I know I'll see him, but I really do fancy him. What do you think would be best? This is Katie in Cardiff. We think that age differences vary between individuals. Some people are mature, responsible people who get on well with much older people. Is this really what she's saying? <laughs> anyway, who get on well with much older people at 16. Others behave like children when they are much older. And of course, in between, there are the people who don't really fit into any category. None of that made sense. What has that got to do with the question? Anyway, maybe you and this man are well suited and maybe not. But the only way to find out is by getting to know him. Well, go figure. But we wouldn't advise you to hang around him when you know he's going to be out because the best way to attract someone's attention is by preserving a bit of mystique. Try not to be there so often. <laughs> it could be that you're making things too easy for him. Uh, the last... The last... <laughs> Last one on this page. I'm really worried. Oh, and this is so... Oh, poor old Susan in Preston. When I was away on holiday, I went out with this terrific guy. When it was time to leave, he said he loved me and would keep in touch. But I haven't heard from him and I'm awfully worried. Oh, Susan, you're never going to hear from him. <laughs> I don't suppose you will now, being as this was 1976. Um... We have a creeping suspicion, this is the answer, we have a creeping suspicion that this that this was just a holiday romance. I think we all know that. And that if it isn't possible to keep things going when the distance involved is so great, we suggest you stop pining and try to forget him. Just remember the pleasant memories you have of him. After all, he isn't the only boy around. There are sure to be plenty of nicer boys closer to hand. Yes, those really dull, mundane ones. They're much closer to hand. Um, just before we leave the problem page, there's an advert um, which really made me laugh. Uh, it's it's got it's called uh, the headline says "Girls, girls, you can earn a hundred pound a week, way plus an exciting life and a secure future." How? 
I bet you're desperate to know, aren't you? I was. Get into the fabulous computer industry now. <laughs> Very early computer industry. On the ground floor, <laughs> while industry, commerce, science and governments are desperately seeking trained personnel. <laughs> Give us only four to six weeks and we can train you in any one of the three vital careers in computers. <laughs> Programming. It can pay around £40 a week as a starter and can reach over £100 a week. Operating, it can pay around £35 per week as a starter and can reach over £90 a week. Or key punching. <laughs> I wonder if any of you remember key punching. It can pay around £28 per week as a starter and can reach over £50 a week. So, yeah, excellent. And then you can clip out a little form at the bottom. <laughs> um, and fill in your details and send it to the London Computer Training Services, um, which is um, <laughs> which is in Oxford Street, W1. I love it when that's all the postcode you needed, W1. Uh, we're, we're on to Super Guys now, a particular favourite of mine, where Sally just picks out men that she fancies <laughs> the premise is um <laughs> the premise is quite shallow she but yeah it's join sal here every week and meet her favorite super guys sally's got a lovely hairdo by the way just in case you want to see sally's hairdo <laughs> it's quite the 70s style anyway um <laughs> Uh, this one, oh dear, this one made me laugh. This is about Cliff Richard. <laughs> I promise I'll try not to laugh during this at the wrong places. Cliff's marriage lines. <clears throat> oh, you didn't meet Cliff, they all said around here when I came back from chatting to him the other day. I kept cool, and while they were all swooning, I didn't let on that I've been secretly mad about Cliff for years. And he really was quite lovely in real life. <laughs> really slim and suntanned after his holiday. And of course, he was dressed immaculately, as usual, in a lovely denim suit. <laughs> Love a denim suit. Cliff's one, of these <laughs> Cliff's one of those people that makes you feel at home in no time at all. And being rather nosy, I'm sorry, I can't read this out in a straight line face. I couldn't help asking why a lovely fella like Cliff wasn't married. <laughs> the right girl just hasn't come along yet, Cliff confided. I was nearly married once, you know, but that was a long time ago. And now that girl is married to Adam Faith. <laughs> I don't know how that's relevant. But that doesn't mean to say I've stopped looking. <laughs> yeah, I did. Do I hear any offers? Oh, oh, Cliff. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. And the next one, <laughs> next one is Chris, it's called Chris and Those Cars. Everyone keeps telling me how much I like Mick Robertson from Magpie. Oh, remember Magpie. Um, and I look. Chris Redburn from Kenny told me, I don't know who Chris Redburn is or Kenny, <laughs> just to be clear. His face breaking into a cheeky grin. Must be the hair, Chris went on, shaking his locks. Because we've both got plenty of curls. He has, by the way, just so that you know, he has got a lot of 
curls. Funny, isn't it? When you've got curly hair, you wish it was straight. And yet loads of people with straight hair say they wish theirs was as curly as mine, especially girls. I sympathise with them. I've always straight... <laughs> I've always had straight hair till I had a perm. Oh, till it went all of a frizz a year ago. Now I can't wait for it to be straight again. God, this is a dull interview. <laughs> Mm, curly hair, straight hair. Uh, actually, I was quite surprised to get Chris talking about something other than his favourite passion, cars. But it didn't take him long to manoeuvre the conversation in that direction. I've got a white capri at the moment. Oh, God, love a white capri. Uh, and sometimes I almost <laughs> forget that I'm on the road and not the racing track when I'm driving along it. Bet that's left a few girls shaking. I butted in. Oh, no, Chris answered coolly. I'm always too busy chatting them up to drive too fast. Lucky girls. <laughs> oh, what a non-interview that was. <laughs> I just wanted to pick out a couple of ads. Um, one ad, actually. This, this is an ad... Um, for Lillette, uh, for Lillette's tampons, which is all fine and dandy, um, except <laughs> that's just what I don't understand, is that there's a girl at her dressing table uh, looking into the mirror, which again is all fine. Um, she seems to have a sort of postcard on her mirror as well, which is what I say, but she's completely starkers. <laughs> it's like, this isn't explained why the girl is naked. Why? What's that got to do with anything? Anyway, it's got nothing to do with the ad whatsoever. Anyway, we can um, write in for uh, you. Can... Oh, it's so sweet when adverts had little things that you could clip out and send back in. Anyway, you could send for your free sample pack of Lillettes, which is nice. But anyway, and on the next page is a page of fashion, which is just all um, woolies. It's knits and pieces with a splash of colour and style from your top to your toes, which is basically scarves and um, gloves and socks, which are all really nice. Again, they're quite expensive reasonably. Like, I mean, a Sasha, Sasha bright green felt flat, sorry, slip-ons, which is sort of <clears throat> a very simple kind of shoe. They're $7.99. Um, Mary Quant, red, yellow, and green leg warmers. Oh man, 175 from all branches of John Lewis and Army Navy stores. But yeah, also an, a really fab illustration. Again, no photographs. So interesting that fashion was just, yeah, so really actually photographs. Uh, this page is It's All Yours, um, where you can write in, you can have your say, you can do a swap with someone. So, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, I think, is, uh, <laughs> is what we're saying. Um, this one made me laugh because it's so sweet. <clears throat> we are compiling a book to present. Oh, sorry, it's headlined All David Cassidy Fans. We are compiling a book to present to David. <laughs> And would like any messages, poems, drawings, etc. that you have to offer, send to Mary and Teresa, 1379 London Road, Parkhead, Glasgow, G31, 4PE, Scotland. If you wish a reply, please enclose a stamped addressed envelope. 
it's like no one thought anything of having their actual home address published in a magazine. <laughs> Just so they could have David Cassidy things sent to them. And then, what, are you really going to give it to David Cassidy? Doubt it. Um, this one also, again, the sort of, oh, this is, I've uh, got something you want to ask us. So, I read your magazine regularly. I wonder if you could help me find, by finding out Michael Jackson's address. <laughs> and if I could write to him, I'd be really happy if you could. Oh, it's so sweet, the utter naivety that you think you could write to a magazine and get Michael Jackson's address. Yeah, sure. Give it out. Well, Audrey, this is Audrey Salmon has asked this question. Well, Audrey, we, we, we sure can help you. We've been everywhere trying to find out for you. And eventually we discovered that if you write to CBS Records, care of the press office, 17 to 19 Soho Square, London, W1, they will forward your letter to the States and it will be passed on to Michael. Hope that's okay, Audrey. Do we really think Audrey's letter was passed on? I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, there's also a lovely section called You Said It. Oh, these are a laugh. Um, <laughs> basically, um, it's people being really, really annoyed about someone's uh, someone's letter from a previous magazine. <laughs> so often we don't have the reference of the earlier letter. <laughs> so we don't really know why they're so angry. But anyway, this is from Sue Julian Pat in Windsor. In reply to Karen Purdy's extremely annoying and totally untrue letter, okay, June 26th, boys do, in fact, cry over girls. <laughs> we have often seen boys cry when they have been chucked by girls. After all, males are only human and have feelings just the same as we girls have. It's just <laughs> that some of them don't like to be caught crying as they think it makes them look like a softy, a fool. Either Karen Purdy <laughs> has been too blind to notice or else boys find that girls who make heartless remarks like her are not worth crying over. Man, Sue Julian, Pete and <laughs> Sue Julian and Pat are extremely angry about Karen Purdy's letter. The next one. I really feel I must protest about Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay Mather's letter, July 3rd. So she thinks that pop, pop music is only there to satisfy the younger members of our society and that rock ought to be the next musical stage to turn to when they reach a mature age. I wonder what a mature age is. 18? Who does she think she is? It's a personal choice whether one changes one's musical taste. Not someone like Lindsay's, who seems to think she knows what people should listen to and enjoy i happen to be oh god this has taken a turn i happen to be a great g band fan that's glitter band gary glitter yeah i happen to be a great g band fan and even though i don't like david essex and the bcr base city rollers acronym at the best of times they aren't undeserving <laughs> well would we'll draw a veil over that you've got to take into account <laughs> that the music business is very very tough and anyone who makes it deserves all the rec recognition that they can get now that's Rhonda in Camden Town in London 
dear. And lastly, from Fiona Peters, who is a 10cc fanatic. I just had to write in and say how fed up I am. God, this is a moan fest, isn't it? How fed up I am with reading letters from girls who say that it is only silly and immature to scream and get hysterical when seeing your favourite pop star or group performing live. <laughs> this bit made me laugh so much. My uncle, in brackets, who is a psychiatrist, <laughs> says that it is perfectly natural and quite healthy to let out our bottled up feelings and emotions. He said that fully matured women have been known, well, can I tell you? He said that fully matured women have been known to get into a, an uncontrollable state of hysteria when seeing their idols. Fully mature women. I hope now that these girls who think themselves grown up will stop shouting off, shouting their mouths off about a subject of which they obviously know nothing about and just listen to someone else's opinion. Oh, Fiona, go and chill. Um, I'm on the last problem page. I don't know why they separate the problem anyway, but this is the, okay, it's a fact of life um, problems. Um, I fear that I may have actually written in this letter. <laughs> Although I don't remember, but hey. I have lots of freckles on my face and arms, but as I hate freckles, I wear long sleeve clothes. I don't get many boyfriends as I don't think they find freckles attractive. Oh, I would really love to get rid of them or at least to fade them as then I'd be able to wear more sexy clothes. Please tell me how to get rid of them. Don't get rid of your freckles. It doesn't say who wrote this in. Sarah. From, no, it doesn't. Um, the answer is, do we, oh, it's Pat. It's Pat Grant answering the problems today. Believe me, some of the most beautiful girls in the world have freckles. Oh, Pat, I love you forever. And not just a delicate dusting across their noses either. And equally, lots of men find girls with freckles attractive. It all depends on the girls beneath them. Well, um, <laughs> however, cosmetic skin bleaches do exist. No, and can be bought from chemists. And some beauty salons carry out a peeling process which may remove them for a time. No, if you are really determined to get rid of your freckles, it might be worth making inquiries at your local beauty salon, but you should check with your doctor first. However, my advice is to come to terms with your freckles. Thank goodness. They can be attractive, and so you can so can you if you just stop thinking that you're not. I like Pat's. I'm beginning to really take to Pat's no nonsense advice. Accept those freckles. Uh, this one. <laughs> I am a boy, I'm 15, and I'm friendly with a gang of people, both boys and girls. Many of the boys have girlfriends, but I find myself attracted to the boys and to older men. I think I am a homosexual. I think you are too. <laughs> will I always be like this or will I grow out of it? Oh no, we don't want to hear that. Right, Pat, please, come on, Pat, let's have a good answer for us. A lot depends on whether you are truly homosexual or whether you're simply going through a phase where you feel admiration and maybe emotional attachment to members of your own sex. As I'm sure you know, lots of boys and girls go through phases like this and it doesn't necessarily mean that you are homosexual. Hmm. Homosexuality implies 
Though not only do you like the company of your own sex, but you are sexually attracted to them alone and are really only capable of forming emotional permanent relationships with them. However, there is a lot of generalisation and I think that if you are truly worried, you should contact CHE, which is the Campaign for Homosexual Equality, 22 Great Windmill Street, London, W1. They will be able to help you far more than I can. Oh, Pat's right. I'm over it. Sort it out yourself. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> this one. <laughs> oh, dear. This one is, is it wrong for a girl not to have an orgasm while having sexual intercourse? My boyfriend says that it is, but I disagree. Right. Come on, Pat. There is no right and wrong about sex, except, of course, the moral rights and wrongs, such as using a reliable contraceptive and generally being responsible and mature about your sexual relationship. That's not what she's asked. Why is she going on about this? Pat, you've gone off topic. Um, <laughs> otherwise, the only thing that is right about sex between two people is what makes them happy. Lots of girls find that they don't have orgasms at first, but as they settle into a mature sexual relationship, they do experience climaxes. Some girls never have orgasms, only a general feeling of pleasure <laughs> from such a close, intimate relationship. But there is certainly nothing abnormal about not having an orgasm. I like the general feeling of pleasure that one might get from, oh, I don't know, wine. I don't know, watching Coronation Street. I like it, just a general feeling of pleasure, not too much pleasure. Um, and lastly, on this page, <laughs> this is just like really weird. And also, this is on a, pro a, a, a problem page, which is about facts of life, as you may well have noticed from what I've just read out. But this one really isn't. <laughs> it's extremely random. So I thought I'd read it out. You may think this is stupid, but just recently I started wearing plimsolls and casual shoes. <laughs> And gradually stopped wearing shoes at all. By the way, I just interject here in case you don't know what plimsolls are. They were the trainers of the day. Um, <laughs> now I have to wear <laughs> now I have to wear plimsolls all the time because I can't get used to shoes again. <laughs> By the way, I hadn't realised that plimsolls were obviously a brand name. I'm obviously very stupid. But um, but they've um, capitalised plimsolls throughout, which is quite interesting. But anyway. Um, <laughs> mother... <laughs> this is very formal. Mother bought me a pair of shoes about six months ago, but the heels were too high for me to wear them. I'd like to get some with low heels, but my mum won't buy me any, as she feels she wasted £7 on the pair I haven't worn. <laughs> Well, she did, to be fair. Pat's answer is... <laughs> I'd forgotten that you... That it was... That if you wore sort of like like a plimsoll or a trainer, that somehow it was a bit slovenly and that you really should be wearing proper hard leather shoes. <laughs> and that anything else, yeah, was considered quite slovenly. So, um, so it's almost like an admission of some terrible thing to wear shoes. Anyway, Pat says, soft shoes like plimsolls do have this effect on the feet. 
I told you, they allow them to spread and hard leather shoes, especially those with high heels, are always more difficult to wear after you've worn plimsolls constantly for a number of months. It's the same if you go barefoot. Unfortunately, to choose a pair of shoes with a high heel was probably a mistake because that sort of shoe not only constricts your foot across the whip, but forces all the weight down into your toes. But I do see your mum's point. Seven pounds was a lot of money to spend on shoes that you can't wear. Maybe it would be a good idea to save up and buy a pair of shoes with low heels yourself and see how you like them. <laughs> I can't believe that that was a problem. I don't want to wear really uncomfortable hard leather shoes. Please let me stop. No. <laughs> Screw you. So I'm just finishing on the back ad, um, which is a nice colour ad on back. Wishing won't help you get rid of your spots, but Swiss biofacial will. And there's a girl <laughs> holding up a, a wishing, a wishbone, um, obviously wishing, uh, not but too fine a point. There's a right way to treat your spots and there's a wrong way. The wrong way, and we all know what that is. Oh, what? I don't know what that is. Results in more spots, more misery. I don't know what the wrong way is. Anyway, the right way, obviously, uh, means a clearer skin and a happier you. And the right way is Swiss biofacial. So good. You can choose between a cleansing lotion and 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 uh, some other kind of, oh, some other kind of face wash. I'm not entirely sure. Anyway... <laughs> I still want to know what the wrong way is. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. That was OK and High Magazine from September the 4th, 1976. See you soon.